This podcast has been brought to you by Creative Podcasts. Hello, I'm Lainey Malkani and welcome to the Social History Hub podcast. It's where we explore the nature of social history and what it means to us today with an exciting lineup of artists, entrepreneurs, academics and writers. They'll share their stories and relive the moments and events that inspired them. Coming up, the extraordinary story of an occupation that took place 30 years ago to improve housing for homeless people in London. It was sparked by the tragic death of a family living in temporary accommodation. Here's Liz Smale, who helped lead the protest. In this particular meeting with the leader of the council, one woman was describing the conditions that she, that she lived in and it was, it was sort of endless amounts of difficulty and, and terribleness that she faced and he just broke down in tears. More from Liz in a moment, but first, what's her story? Well, Liz has been working in housing and strategy for over 30 years. In 1984, she was a member of Camden Committee for Community Relations, a race equality organisation. When news spread that a mother and her two children had died in a fire, Liz and other campaigners, community workers and homeless families decided to take action. Liz takes up the story from here. The conditions there were terrible. Apparently somebody had um, switched off the smoke alarm. So when a fire started, they were, they were trapped they were on the top floor of the hotel. They were trapped and there was no way out for them and they died. I, went, I remember going back to the office and saying um, to my colleagues, um, you know, you know, a group of families are meeting at, I can't remember what time it was, like three o'clock or something at the, outside the town hall. And there was sort of dead silence first. And it was like, OK, should we do this or not or whatever? And in the end, everyone agreed, yes, that's what we would do. And, that's, and that is exactly what happened. What happened next? We went to Camden Town Hall and picketed, picketed it to uh, raise the concerns, basically, of, because there are other families um, in uh, similar type hotel-type accommodation, also owned by the same landlord, um, and they were extremely concerned for their safety, apart from anything else. And it just highlighted the terrible conditions that, you know, people were homeless, but they were being subjected to these dangerous conditions. And how big was the group at this point? Oh, there must have been about 40 or 50 people there, I would say. Um, so word spread? Yes, yeah. I mean, we'd done, you know, done quite a good job of actually visiting as many people as we could, and they, they did all come down, which was great. And then the next thing, so we're standing outside, the next thing is that we're all being invited in inside the town hall and into in actually into the council chamber, where the councillor um, said, well, you know, this is um, all terribly sad, but it's an accident and you should all go home now. Not really appreciating that, or not wanting to appreciate that the families that had come to protest were actually very concerned about their safety and that the same thing could happen to them. But it was like Camden Council didn't really want to take that on board. They just wanted everybody out of the town hall and, you know, talk to you later kind of thing. And then we obviously weren't getting anywhere. And then suddenly one of my colleagues said, right, we're staying then. (laughs) So, So sort of... Right, and that's what we did. <laughs> and we stayed there for an, a whole four weeks until we actually got everyone. We, we, we either got people, well, we got people out of hotels and either into permanent accommodation or into much better uh, standard, um, what they called in those days, second stage accommodation. 
When you say your colleague said, right, we're not moving, we're going to stay, Mm -hmm. um, what did you think he meant by that? That... um, that we're not we're going to stay here until we get a result on this that we And did you think that was going to happen quite quickly? <laughs> I think I think we did think it would happen quickly, yes. But yeah, obviously it didn't. It took, you know, it was yeah. I mean, it was amazing that we actually managed to stay there for four weeks until we got somewhere. So how did you do it? Talk me through the kind of, you know, you say you all were in the council chamber when you made the decision not to go. Yeah. Um to stay in that council chamber for four weeks mm. must have taken some coordination because oh, you needed did. to eat, you yeah. needed to sleep, you yeah. know. We did. We, we Not just the council chamber, but we took over several of the committee rooms as well. Um, one of the first things that was done was to sort of set up a committee um, to kind of, you know, plan what we needed to do. Um, that was done on the first night. Um, and plan what we needed to do, what we needed, um, you know, and also that happened, the, that met every night just basically to see where we'd got to and kind of draw up the statements that we wanted to um, give to the council to basically make them take the, the action that we felt they needed to take. We had huge amounts of support. I mean, it was it was amazing how the kind of word of mouth and the, the kind of communications aspect of this was absolutely brilliant because so many people came and supported. I mean, local restaurants came and provided food every night and and actually social Camden itself, parts of Camden Council itself assisted. So social services provided mattresses and blankets and all and heating and all that kind of stuff so that people were comfortable and it was kind of quite an odd situation where you had, you know, one part of the council that had placed families in, in these terrible conditions, but yet another part of the fam- of, of the council which was actually making sure that, you know, in, in terms of the context of the town hall anyway, that um um, everyone was safe and comfortable. W- weren't the police called? They were called, yes, because um, on the second day, um, three councillors came to talk to um, the families and their supporters um, and tried to persuade them to, you know, sort of said, you know, look, we'll sort this out, but you should leave now. And um, and the families was absolutely adamant that we're not going. Um, and then... In fact, the families, everyone surrounded the the councillors um, and wouldn't let them leave until they actually made a proper decision. So um, I think it was uh, the chief exec at the council's chief exec at the time actually called the police um, and uh, to come in and rescue the, uh, the councillors, which they did. Um, and in the process of that, a couple of the supporters got damaged, <laughs> got, got injured and had to go to hospital and they weren't seriously hurt. But, you know, the fact is that they, they did sustain injuries. And then we just carried on staying and then they, they really had to take notice of that. I mean, there were meetings every night and there were also demonstrations, like, you know, sort of actually out on the streets. Some of the most amazing things were being in the council chamber having meetings with, um, you know, all the families, you know, filling up all the seats in the council chamber. One meeting, for example, with um, the leader of the council at that point, um, he came to talk to to the families and, you know, individual um, families, particularly the women, um, described the conditions that they lived in. And um, one of the key things about the whole process was how, you know, making sure that everybody had a say and everybody was understood and there's, you know, sort of translation of everything happened, which which was brilliant. 
in this particular meeting with the leader of the council, um, one woman was describing the conditions that she that she lived in, and it was, it was sort of you know the endless amounts of of difficulty and, and terribleness that she faced, and he just broke down in tears, and it was it was just so moving. Um, he was moved. We were, everyone was moved by that. I'm not sure if it was a turning point at that really, but it was you know it was the fact that you know that here was somebody who was actually understanding what Camden Council um, had done to these families. Mostly they were black families. There were, say, three or four white families there, sort of single mothers that were there. So you can imagine that it's, you know, sort of people that were, yeah, who couldn't deal with the system and they were basically fobbed off into this very poor standard accommodation and left there and forgotten about. There was finally a moment when... The campaign turned a corner. Well, I think one of the one of the key um, turning points was the fact that um, it's uh, it, we got information that um, the council had literally twelve hundred empty homes and seven hundred households in bed and breakfast. So, what was going on? Um, so, all this you know being fobbed off, saying there's no accommodation, wasn't true. And when they understood that we understood that, then they had to start negotiating. Describe for me what happened when you finally got word that things were going to change, the families were actually going to be rehoused. It was funny because um, we got um, this uh, kind of memo, in a way, from from the council. Memo written, no doubt, on a typewriter. <laughs> Again, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, it was like we read it, and it's some... It, I know I read it and I thought this looks like what we need what we what we've what we're asking for but it was like because we'd struggled for so long it was like we couldn't quite believe it and then we actually had to get you know I I know for me I just had to wait for one you know one of my colleagues to come back and read it and and then then we could start celebrating and saying yes we've achieved what we've what we set out to achieve here well, I remember seeing um, a, an image, uh, a photograph that was taken of the family sitting on the steps in the council. Yes, yeah. um, w- was there a, a real atmosphere of celebration then? Well, there was, yes. And um, there were um, a couple of um, Bangladeshi women who who took a kind of lead role. Um, and the older one of them actually, um, you know, uh, gave a victory speech on, on the steps of the, of the town hall. Um, you know, setting out what had been achieved and, and that, you know, that, that we were going now. So, yeah. And of course there were children there as well. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, loads of children there, yes, <laughs> who went to school and then came back to the town hall and that kind of stuff, yeah. We had a lot of support from local schools as well. So, yeah, it was good. Incredible. Yeah. I mean, you're still in contact with some of those families, aren't you? So, I mean, we have... Um, talked to some of the families since and some have you know they've prospered and you know their life has been transformed by what happened in, at the occupation I think in terms of those families it was a it was it was an incredible success whether it was a success kind of across the board I'm not quite sure I think there were a lot of changes at national level as well around you know there's like there's the, the homelessness act 2002 that was brought in which is actually quite a long time after but um, you know which outlawed the use of bed and breakfast for more than six six weeks and things like that and um you know there was a lot of emphasis from the government about cutting the amount of people in temporary accommodation and getting them housed and you know all those kinds of things are slipping away now because Mm. there isn't the housing when you look back on that time Mm. how significant do you think that 
the campaign and the protest has been? I wish I could... I mean, a lot of people know about it. Whether you can say that it had a massive impact, I'm not sure, because... You know, the, the people that were involved in it, like the, myself and my colleagues, we actually, after that, we all moved on. One of my colleagues, um, who uh, um, was a lecturer, um, used to lecture in uh, youth studies and empowerment and things like that, and used to use the occupation as a case study of, of what community action can do. Um, and I, so I think through that route, um, he's made sure that the, the story has stayed alive so that people know about it. You know, it's not forgotten, we know that. I think it had a massive effect for the individual families that were involved. And I think, you know, for us, that the um, community activists involved, it was just the most memorable thing that I've ever, ever been in before or since. And it had a profound effect, I think, on all of us. I mean, I hope it's had a contribution, although, you know, I understand that they are beginning to use not, not very good quality accommodation so that we may be kind of you know things go in cycles so you know we may be there again but I don't think anybody would be able to occupy a town hall ever again you know the laws have changed that just would never happen you know I hope it has had a contribution at a kind of more than a a local level in a way one of the things that we wanted to do a group of us were trying to um, kind of bring the story together I mean we have you know something has been written about the story to try and um, you know put those ideas across about how community action does achieve and can achieve a great deal but yeah maybe one day we'll get that done <laughs> List mail there. Next time on the Social History Hub podcast, I'll be talking to specialist cancer nurse Suresh Rambaran about his role in ensuring cancer care is available to all. That's next time on the Social History Hub podcast. Join us if you can. You've been listening to the Social History Hub podcast. You can listen again to our podcast at socialhistoryhub.com or download each programme from our website, from our RSS feed or from iTunes. And if you have a story to tell, why not drop me an email? Lainey at socialhistoryhub.com. The Social History Hub podcast was brought to you by Creative Podcasts.